Hi friends, welcome to Listen Friend, the pop culture podcast where we share the opinions that no one asked for. Everyone needs a friend who's loud about the things they love, and we want to be yours. I'm Britt. And I'm Amanda. And today we are going to talk about what might be Netflix's most polarizing movie franchise to date. (laughs) It's not really, but to (laughs) us it is. That's right, we are talking about The Kissing Booth. All three of them. Are you prepared for what is to come? Are we, like, a little concerned for our friendship right now? I am. Okay. Okay. Because, like, we didn't get into it the other night, but we could have. We could have, yeah. we had, if we had continued. Yes. So, that being said, I think we should promise each other right now that we'll just hear each other out. Uh Uh-huh. We will be receptive. Yeah. To each other's opinions. I'm mostly talking to myself. You're tolerant. I'm a nightmare. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just our natures are different. You yeah, know? and our tastes are different. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. You know, a couple of episodes ago, I talked about all my garbage taste in men. Yeah, that's just for real life. In the fictional worlds, I like have a pretty good taste ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to spoil anything, but okay. So the way this is gonna work. Uh huh. I'm going to go through, or we are going to go through, we're Mm going to give a brief synopsis of the movie, then we're going to discuss it. Then we'll move to the next movie, we'll discuss, and then we'll end with three, because it's always best to save the worst for last. I was going to say, yikes. (laughs) Okay, so let's just start. Okay. So, The Kissing Booth is a 2018 American teen rom-com starring Joey King as Elle Evans, Joel Courtney as her best friend Lee Flynn, and one of Australia's finest, literally, Jacob Elordi as Lee's older, cooler brother Noah Flynn. Ow, ow! (laughs) (laughs) It tells the story of Elle, whose first kiss turns into a secret forbidden romance that may not only ruin her reputation, but also her oldest and most important friendship. Very spicy. Okay, so the movie opens with narration from Elle, who tells us all about how her and her best friend Lee were born on the same day at the exact same time. Their moms were also best friends, all of which seems super unlikely, but we won't question it. In a montage, we literally watch them grow up together. They do a lot of obnoxious stuff, (laughs) hang out at what looks like a super fun boardwalk slash amusement park slash arcade, maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. Possibly meant to mirror Santa Monica Pier, but they don't specify. We also get mention of Lee's brother Noah, who Elle has a crush on. Mm -hmm. Also, he likes to fight a lot, apparently. (laughs) Don't worry, if you didn't catch it in the montage, it will be mentioned and alluded to several, several times. Mm -hmm. He also likes bikes. Um, Elle's mom dies. It's When she says bikes, she means, like, the motorcycle kind. Yeah, but even in the childhood montage, he's, like, fixing, like, a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I just didn't want them to think that, like, my man was out here riding a tricycle (laughs) at 18, you know? Noah Flynn just rides by his motorcycle. (laughs) Ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) It has, like, one of those circus blow horn things. Oh, man. Where was I? So sorry. It's okay. Um, Elle's mom dies. It's sad, Mm -hmm. but we don't, like focus on it yeah um okay so Elle hangs out at the Flynn's house like all the time and barely ever goes home despite having a super good dad and an mm-hmm. adorable little brother um 
The movie opens with her sitting poolside with Lee. They discuss their need to come up with a booth for the school's homecoming fundraiser. Lee's brother comes home. He's hot. Mm -hmm. Elle's into him, but it's against the rules to like him. See, her and Lee have a list of very important stupid rules, like that they have to support each other and not keep secrets, and also that relatives are off limits. Which is a weird rule to have and speaks volumes to Lee's insecurity and inferiority complex. Correct. But that's besides the point. Beside the point. I hate when people say that's besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that is a point that I will bring up later. We'll bring up so many things. Okay, so Noah points out that Elle has boobs now. It's awkward. School starts the next day and Elle wears a way too short skirt because she's all out of pants and her other skirt's at the dry cleaner. When she gets to school, a jock with beautiful blue eyes and a fantastic curl pattern named Tuppen slaps her butt in a showing of true sexual harassment. It's important to note that Tuppen is actually a total sweetheart and a really cool dude for the remainder of this movie and both its sequels. So this scene makes absolutely no sense, but neither does a lot of things in this movie, so we'll move along. Don't think that men are like Tuppen ladies. I mean, some of them are, but... But we don't want Most them. of them are not. <laughs> um, Lee attempts to stand up for Elle, and it looks like Tuppen is going to hit him. But then Noah comes out of nowhere and beats the crap out of Tuppen. <laughs> we get another mention of his violent streak. But, like, he's being chivalrous, so shoulder shrug. Mm-hmm. Elle, Tuppen, and Noah all get detention. Tuppen later apologizes, embarrasses himself in front of the school in an act of good faith, and then asks Elle out. She accepts, because she's dumb. She shows up to the date at the pier in a sparkly evening dress that's real, real cute, but not appropriate for an amusement park. Tuppen stands her up. Somewhere in here, Noah and Lee throw a party while their parents are out of town. Elle and Lee convince the student council to let them do a kissing booth for the fundraiser, and Elle finds out that the that Noah threatens guys not to talk to her, look at her, or date her. She's big mad. She gets drunk at the party, and Noah stops her from getting naked in front of everyone. They have an awkward but sexually charged encounter in the morning. Elle asks him to do the kissing booth because the whole school is obsessed with him, but he won't do it. But she lies to the popular kids and says that he will, so they all commit to the kissing booth. Um, The booth happens. Noah doesn't show, and despite clearly having a great time, people start getting mad at her. They send Lee out. No one wants to kiss him, but then a beautiful angel named Rachel steps up. They end up dating. She spends three movies deserving better. The popular girls who aren't mean but for this one moment when it pushes the plot along are set Noah up to kiss a gross nerd. No, sorry. They set Elle up to kiss a gross nerd. (laughs) Would have been a very different movie. (laughs) It would have been such a different movie. Uh, I wrote this at, like, midnight, and I was like, what all happened in this movie? And then I word vomited on a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. So, they send Elle out to sit a gross nerd, but then Noah shows up and kisses her instead. Sparks fly. Literally. Literally. Later, he takes her home on his motorcycle because he's a bad boy, TM. But it (laughs) rains, so they seek shelter in the bungalow from Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. They kiss some more. A A security guard shows up and is like, Noah, I thought I told you not to bring girls here anymore. Elle gets mad and refuses to be just another one of his conquests. Her words, not mine. Uh, Oh, there's a party at the beach later that honestly looks super, super fun. Some weird kid named Warren is coming on to Elle and won't listen when she says no. It's not really predatory, but it is annoying. When Warren won't take the hint, Noah comes out of nowhere, again, yells at him, and tackles him in a way that easily probably broke three of Warren's ribs. Elle runs away. Noah chases after her and tells her to get in the car. 
She won't. He punches somebody else's car, yells <laughs> at her to get in, and she does, which is stupid of her again. <laughs> he takes her to the Hollywood sign. He says sort of questionable things like, you're cute when you're mad, which I find patronizing, but it's totally understandable if others find it cute. He finally convinces her that he's into her and they have sex outside under the Hollywood signs. <laughs> they then proceed to carry on a secret forbidden romance. Noah wants to go public, but Elle doesn't because it's against Lee's rule and she doesn't want to hurt him. Eventually, Lee finds out, gets all mad, tries to fight Noah, but Noah thankfully just restrains him because Elle has changed him. For now, the writers will take all of that development back in the sequel. Lee drives off. Elle is furious at Noah for reasons that aren't really clear or legitimate, so she breaks up with Noah and leaves. God, this movie's so long. Mm -hmm. Lee won't talk to Elle. Elle won't talk to Noah. Noah disappears, and his parents aren't worried. <laughs> Noah eventually comes back and talks to Elle's dad, who previously hated him but is now, I guess, kind of okay with him. For now, at least. Lee finally forgives Elle. They dance on the DDM machine, which we learned at the beginning is like their fave thing. Um, DDM is Dance Dance Mania. It's what, it's the machine you get when you can't buy the licensing for Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> um, she third wheels with Lee and Rachel, Lee and Rachel at their prom. Noah shows up and tells her in front of the whole school that he's in love with her, but she's not having it because she can't hurt Lee, so she runs away. Noah leaves for Harvard before school is even out because why not? Elle and Lee have their birthday party, which is also a costume party. And Lee has come as great value Batman or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what anyone's costumes are supposed to be. They make birthday wishes. Elle finally tells Lee how important Noah is to her. He relents because he knows what love is like now that he has Rachel, despite saying he would break up with Rachel if Elle told him to. Mm -hmm. You need to remember this for later. Mm -hmm. Lee promises to help Elle stop Noah at the airport before he can go to Harvard. Lee meets Elle at the car in his knockoff Batman mask and says nothing. <laughs> Elle drives with silent Batman in the car. Clover Valley Batman takes off his mask. Surprise, it's Noah. Elle almost wrecks and kills them both. <laughs> they say I love you and kiss, and then later Elle drops Noah off at the airport to leave for Harvard. The movie ends. My God. You did <laughs> that in ten so minutes, friend. Much. You just summarized an hour and something movie. It was so long. In ten minutes. Okay, so, <clears throat> would you like to share your thoughts on the kissing booth? Yeah, I have a lot. Okay, me too. My commentary decreases as we go along in the movies. Mine too. Okay. Well, no, mine picks up in Okay, <laughs> so you probably have a lot in two. Okay, so I love the setup, like the little intro of Ellen Lee's friendship, um, and like her mom's death, and then like her little thoughts on Noah, like I like that little montage in the beginning. I think it's fun and cute. Grabs your attention. Can I say something controversial right off the bat? Yeah. Okay. I, and it's to piggyback off this thought. Mm -hmm. I like Joey King as a narrator a lot. Okay. And I'm going to say something controversial that has... I've changed my mind significantly since this journey started. Mm -hmm. I don't hate Joey King. The rest of the world does... Do they, or is it just me? No. I, everyone I've talked to is like, I don't like her. She's not cute. And like, okay, I guess she's a little mousy, and she's got a lollipop head. I think she has moments where she's pretty. But the more, like, I watched a bunch of interviews in preparation for this. Mm -hmm. 
I would hang out with her. She seems like a fun time. But all that to say, I think she does a really good job narrating and like those little tiny scenes we get of her where she's got to tell so much in three seconds, mm-hmm. she does really well. Sure. Okay, continue. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, the whole pool scene is like a great setup of Noah's hotness. And like, mm-hmm. I like how they like call each other the nicknames that they don't like Shelly and Snowa or whatever. No, his nickname is straight up Noah because he hates his first, he he only likes to be called Flynn. Oh, okay. So his nickname, his his most hated nickname (laughs) is his his name. name. Um, listen, I don't know if this is a trope in the fact that I like, because part of me thinks it is. It may just be because I've seen this movie several times. But I feel like it's happened in other movies where all of a sudden a girl wakes up on her first day of school and magically over the summer she's now gotten curves but mm-hmm. didn't know that it happened because none of her other clothes changed how they were mm-hmm. on her body, just the school outfits. Mm-hmm. So then we're going to go to school in the shortest skirt known to mm-hmm. man with our butt cheeks hanging yeah, out. Yeah, cheeks out for the first day. Like, what? And I feel like that happens in another movie and it made me mad too, so... Don't love that. Like, you would, you would not do that. Like, no. you would not show up to school like that. No. Um, I am glad that Noah, like, defends her when Tuppen slaps her butt. But, like, he goes from zero to 62 quick. So fast. Like, he, he needs, like, he could, like, give the dude a warning. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he could be like, watch it, don't do that again, don't mess with her verbally. Yeah. Rather than physically attacking him. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um... But, like I said, I appreciate the intent of defending her. What I do not like is how he tries to, like, control the Mm -hmm. situation by threatening Tubbin into not going out with her. Um, I'm sure still it's, like, the intention is to protect her, but, like, it's too manipulative and controlling and, like, behind her back, and I don't like that. Right. Hate how her body is yet again objectified at the party when she tries to get naked, and then again in the locker room when she parades around. Um, so that was annoying to me. Yeah. Um, and in that scene in the locker room that I'm talking about, she's like, you can't tell me what to do. Which I agree, he cannot tell her what to do. But, like, I also understand that he would not want her to go up in a locker room and, like, show her goods to every man that's in there. Also, I've never accidentally walked into a boy's locker room. Even with my, in my high school, even with my eyes closed, I would have gone to the right right room. Uh Um, But he should talk to her about it rather than, like, going behind her back to um, manipulate Mm -hmm. situations. Yeah. Basically, his communication skills suck. Um, kissing booths seem gross to me. Okay, right? First like, off, why is it so elaborate? I don't know. They have lights. Yeah. Did you, in your high school, even if you went to a rich private school, do could two high schoolers make that elaborate of a booth, you think? Not that I have ever seen. I don't think so either. And they're blindfolded, which feels very, um, scary. <laughs> um, Mm-mm. okay, love, though, the moment with Lee and Rachel... So, I, I love it. That's very sweet. Justice for Rachel. Yeah. She, we don't know her last name because she doesn't have justice, but justice for her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, listen, I think that Noah is, like, you know, beautiful. Jake oh, Lordy, he's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He and he's approximately 78 feet tall, so. <laughs> he's so tall. For real, he's, like, 6'7"? 
Uh, I think or he's 6'5". S- okay, okay. We're going to talk about this in the second one. Okay, he's very tall. Um, He probably looks 6'7", because she's like 5'2". Yeah, she's, I think, 5'3". I looked it up because I was concerned for his neck and all their kissing. Yeah, things. he's going to have injuries for sure. Um, But I love, like, I love the moment when he kisses her and, like, when he pulls away and he's like, oh, gosh, you know, like, what, what have we done? Yeah, what have we done? And, like, that look on his face is so sweet and, like, vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I like how his hair is all kind of, like, flopping in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, <laughs> glad that he kept her safe by pulling over into that 16 going on 17 gazebo. <laughs> um, when she says, I will not be one of your, or I cannot be another one what of your, your conquest. conquest. I was like, I'm sorry, is it 1872? Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? But, you know. My dramatic self probably would have said something. Oh my gosh! In high school. Oh gosh! It makes that's me. That's why I don't talk to people I went to high school with. It anymore. makes me cringe. <laughs> um, okay. The only time that I feel like his anger and like physical violence could ever make me concerned that he would hurt her is when he punches the car. Yeah, I did not like that. Um, but like he said, please after, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was like concerning, but you know, whatever. Love the whole little montage after they do it under the Hollywood sign. Where they're like hiding their relationship. Yeah, it's just cute. See, the kissing booth knows how to make a montage. Yes, for sure. Um, and like when they're, and she's like playing soccer and he's like cheering for her and mm-hmm. he's like, that's my girl or whatever. It's so cute. But he like says it quiet because no one knows. It's cute. Yeah, um, I think Lee is stupid for thinking that Noah mm. would hit her. Like, I if first of all, if Noah did hit her, why would she be like in here chilling with him? Like we mentioned, Lee is like a very insecure and has an inferiority complex with Noah. Mm-hmm. So I think that is like his one thing that he can be like he's violent, you know, like yeah. or he has problems, blah, blah blah. And so also, I think he probably could sense, even though he didn't like know straight up that something was going on with them, like he probably sensed like either a, if, shift. a shift, like in his and Elle's friendship, mm-hmm. and in watching the like if the three of them were in the same mm-hmm. room, you know, like I feel like he could probably sense something was going on. And this is like, you, I mean, he's the one who made the rule, you know, like clearly this is like a like a fear for him. And I do think they do a good job of pointing that out when everyone is so, like, anti-Lee when he, when they think they're bringing out, you know, Flynn, and mm-hmm. they bring out Lee Flynn, and, like, the whole crowd is like, oh, man. Yeah. I feel like they do a really good job of telling you he has this inferiority complex without telling you he has Showing, showing not telling. Yeah. Oh, my, they showed they didn't tell. Mm-hmm. My creative writing teacher would be. I was going to say, my friends, Mary and Blake, shout out to Mary and Blake Media, Blake always says, show me, don't tell me, yeah. with, with TV shows and movies. Um, okay, this is where we get into trouble, ladies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when he was, like, so sweet and worried when she fell, and then they were talking, and he was like, you think I can change? And it was like he mm-hmm. just needed someone to believe mm-hmm. in him. For him to change, but then that line gets tricky because it's like, do you think that, like, believing in them to change or changing them? You know what I mean? Maybe. Um, can you elaborate? You think? Um, I can try. I just think it's like a hard line to draw between thinking you can change someone and believing in them so that they can change. 
I think what you're saying is there is a difference between y'all can't see my air quotes, but I have air quotes up. <laughs> Changing someone mm -hmm. and inspiring somebody to want to change. Yes. There's a difference between There's a difference, a but I there is a difference, but it's like subtle. Mm-hmm. And it can be a slippery slope. Yes, and I think this movie I'm very spoiler alert, I'm Team Marco starting I almost said season two. That's how long they feel. Starting movie two and three. But I am very pro-Noah in the first one. Mm -hmm. And I think with better writing mm -hmm. and expanding upon that idea that you just put up, mm -hmm. this could have been done really well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, y'all be careful. Don't be out here trying to change men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very much, it could have been like Nathan and Haley-esque. Yeah. You know? But yeah, change your underwear, don't change your men. <laughs> um, I hate her prom look. Yeah. When she's like, I can't keep hurting people because no one wants us to be together. And so she won't be with him. Like, I would have probably been going around to everybody, begging them, like, please be okay with this. Like, don't you want this for me? Look at him. Like, <laughs> I feel like high school me... If high school me knew high school you mm -hmm. and this happened to you, mm -hmm. I would have been like, no, nah, girl, go ahead. <laughs> girl, you go ahead. I got your back. Like, even if we weren't friends, <laughs> oh, like, you would have been like. We would not be friends and that would make us friends. Yes, yes. I'd be like, I know that struggle. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> but thankfully, Lee pulls through and is like, love you, want you to be happy. I do wish that at the airport mm -hmm. that he had turned around. I know she said, like, don't turn around, that's so cheesy, blah, blah, blah. And, like, there's something else about the turning around, right? Okay. Um, I don't know if there's anything else about the turning around in that particular moment. Right. Well, I know there is later, but. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not going to. I like that he doesn't in this because the payoff yes. in three is good. Yes. But if I'm just solely watching the first one, mm -hmm. I wish that he had turned around. Right. And I wonder. Now if they did that on purpose. This, well, I, they were I not don't that know smart. that was done on purpose no, in this movie. No. But I wonder if, knowing what we know now, yeah, if him not turning around was in a weird way set, setting up some insecurities in the second one. Uh, mm, yeah. And I don't think they planned that when they filmed this movie, but I think it is possible. Because uh, yeah. sometimes these writers are smart. And sometimes they are not. not. And so I wonder if maybe there was something to expand upon there. Mm -hmm. We're putting a lot of like critical theory into these movies <laughs> that doesn't they don't deserve. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's my here's my commentary. There's a lot of it. <laughs> um, so I wrote that this is not a quote unquote good movie, but I find it very enjoyable. Yeah, same. It's fun. And I don't think movies need to be like political or like world stopping or discussion making to be good. Right. Um I I do think they should have just stopped here. And I love to. Two's my favorite. But if they wanted to give us this story where we root for Elle and Noah, mm -hmm. they should have stopped here. Mm -hmm. Because once they introduce Chloe and Marco in two, it kind of ruins Elle and Noah's entire love story. Um these characters are mostly likable. My only real complaint is that there's way too much drama. And it's mostly at Noah's characters ex or Noah's character expense. Mm -hmm. um, they focus too much on his violent tendencies. They show it at least twice, allude to it two or three times in the recap of their childhood, 
and then talk about it many, many times to the point that when Elle is with Noah, I'm like, you in danger, girl. <laughs> and then on top of the violence, they make him too possessive and controlling way too often. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had only fought Tuffin for slapping her butt, and mm-hmm. that was the only mention or example of it. And if he had only been possessive or overprotective once or twice, like maybe when she was drunk or like getting naked in the locker room, all that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they wrote him like a scary murder boyfriend from a Lifetime movie. And when he's the only love interest, you can kind of look past it. But then they introduce a love triangle in two and kind of continue to write Noah's crappy. And I just don't know what their goal was. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can talk about that when we get to two. Also, if you're me, you can't just kind of look over it. You you can look over it. Oh, my- you can look over it. <laughs> I it's one of those things where like if... And I watch movies... The way I watch them, I, like, interject myself. So, like, mm-hmm. Elle is no longer the main character, Brit, like Brittany mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'll talk about that more in two, which is why I feel the way I feel mm-hmm. about the love triangle. But that's something that, like, I probably would have looked past it in high school. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I'm like, this is not, this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish they could see the face I made when I made those weird noises. I cringed. Um, I find Elle mostly likable here. She still does some dumb stuff, but I think she's worth rooting for in yeah. one. I have some controversial Elle op- opinions, too. Um, Noah has really sweet moments, like take away some of the poor writing. His sweet moments are so sweet, I wish they had been expanded upon, because when they're all shoved together in a montage with next to no dialogue, you focus on the violent. Mm. I rewatched these movies like seven times each to make sure I was being fair after Mm -hmm. we had our uh, scruffle. (laughs) This was like via text. It was was fine. It lasted like three seconds, (laughs) and it ended with us being like, oh yeah, we're both right. Right. But after that, I was like, maybe I'm being too harsh because I have, like, a history with this kind of a relationship, kind of. I mean, not quite the same, but anyway. um, Rachel is the best character, and she's barely in it. Right. The soundtrack is really, really good. Like, shockingly good. Mm -hmm. Um, The style is fantastic. I love the look and the wardrobe of almost all the characters. I don't super love the socioeconomic status of these kids. Elle's middle class, but she's, like, the only one. Mm, And I don't typically like movies like that because I'm not super wealthy, Mm -hmm. but it didn't annoy me too much because outside of the Flynn's big old house and their private school, it isn't focused on too much. Yeah. Um, Overall, it's okay. I would casually watch it again after I, you know, just 21 times I watched (laughs) it. Um, but I don't know that I would recommend it over to all the boys I've loved before. Nope. Or even one of Netflix's standalone romantic comedies like Set It Up mm-hmm. or The Perfect Date, which is, I think, Noah Centineo's best work. Um, Wait, which one is that? That's the one with the little girl from Austin and Al. Yep. Yeah. That's what I needed to do. Um, Just double check it. Yeah. I, I really liked that one, but that's a different podcast episode. They also say the weirdest things, like... When they casually talk about Elle's boobs, mm-hmm. and he's like, "She was it was like she was on human growth hormone." Ew. Stop it! Uh, ew. Um, the conquest lines that you mentioned, <laughs> my okay, two lines. One when Lee is dropping Elle off for her date with Tuffin, and he's like, "If he can't see how completely baller you are, who do people do people talk like that?" 
See, that one... That didn't bother you? Mm-mm. Did, uh, okay, but just don't go rubbing coochies with my brother <laughs> bother you? Yes. No, he says grinding coochies. Yeah, that's gross. Grinding. Yeah. Mm-mm. Who, like, a 17-year-old wrote this book, for sure, and we're gonna pray for her, because mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. But then, like, a middle-aged man <laughs> wrote the it's rest gross. of it. <laughs> yes. I swear. <laughs> Um, you already mentioned the skirt thing I can't get. Luke would make me wear pajamas. I was gonna to say true like I mean I would just either not go to school or like break dress code. Like I said, I don't like how they they emphasize his violent nature. There's one part where she tells him the days of him controlling her life are over and he smirks and he's like, We'll see about that. I would have slashed his tires. Oh, I don't remember that, but I don't oh, like that. It I don't like it. I don't remember it was it's when she confronts him for not letting her um Parade naked in the locker room? No, when he talks guys out of, yeah, out of talking to her. Um, Love the classmates. That's the most supportive class They're so sweet. Yeah, I know. I was like, I want to go to this That was a good um, model for high schoolers to strive to be like for each other. Like, they are are pumped for each other all the time. Yes. Um, The... The kid that, like, runs around and he takes pictures of, like, half-naked girls and he's like, yeah, Weird. No. That's weird. Mm-mm. Um, and then I just want to say to all my little impressionable, fr- impressionable? Mm-hmm. That's a word. Friends out there that are maybe in high school or don't have a super lot of experience with guys, if one's acting scary or, like, in a way that makes you uncomfortable and you call him out and he says any variation of you're different... Baby girl, do not believe him. <laughs> do not lay, let him sway you with his word magic, okay? Do not listen to what he says. Watch what he does. Mm-hmm. If his actions back him up and you're interested, be receptive. We do not date them for the potential. We don't date potential. Mm-mm. We don't date. Like, I mean, I don't date. You go on dates. Yeah. But, um... That's a problem that we'll talk about later, maybe in therapy. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe not here. Maybe to a counseling. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Wait, there's, a, there's a phrase. It's like the don't date potential. It's Kate Warman that says it, isn't it? Don't date potential. I don't know. I think I'm thinking about some pastor. I'll I find like it. Kate I'll find Warman it. You keep it. going. We, we'll put it in the show notes or something. <laughs> you keep going. Um, And then I just say, like, Noah's so close to be. Oh, it's, okay. It's Patterns. Huh? We we don't date potential. We date patterns. Oh, like their action patterns. I date patterns, not good ones. No, we we want them to have good patterns in their actions. <laughs> I just love how I'm telling every all all of our little friends out there, like, <laughs> don't do this. And meanwhile, the next thing I say is like, well, I mean, I do it. Like, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Thank you. Uh-huh. But yeah, other than that, I was just gonna say like, no, was, they. He, he was so close to being so perfect, and then it's like, when it's convenient to the writing, they're like, we're just going to take all the development back. Right. Okay. Do you think Leah and Elle's friendship is weird? Yes. like It's so weird. It, I just don't see a situation where, like, a straight boy and a straight girl can be friends like this, and one or... The other not develop feelings. Like, that's from Her- when Harry met Sally. There's no such thing as platonic friends. Like, at one point, one has ever. That's when it's like. That's yeah, and, and it's not like it has to be some big dramatic thing that, like, they have to talk about or that they yeah. act upon. But there, you can't tell me. It's, it would probably be Lee, would be my guess in this situation. That at some point, he. It crossed his mind. Like, there's mom, no way that. I made happened. my mom watch it with me. 
at one point, and she really thought, she was like, he likes her, and I was like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, that is. And, like, also, I can't with all the rules. Like, I think it's they're so weird. They're, so, they're weird. so dumb. They're so dumb, and there's so many of them. They're like, always think, share the Thanksgiving wishbone with your bestie. <laughs> That's stupid. It is stupid. And the rule about, like, not dating someone's family member is literally rule number 19. Like, how do they remember 1 through 19? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess if they had been, like, going over them since childhood. Gosh, like, get a life. Sit there and memorize all these rules. And there's more after 19. Yes. It's all dumb. I need to find, like, I need to pause it as they show the list. I want to know what all the rules are. Yes. Um, okay, well, is this a good young adult rom-com? Um, okay. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of, like, the humor and, like, the high school and, like, the, like, visual of it all. Like, how what you mentioned, like, the style and, like, the actors themselves and how they portray their characters and, like, romance and, like, all of that. Like, just surface level. I say, yes, um, it is a good young adult rom-com. Um, but there are things that we mentioned like should we want to date boys like noah probably not Mm. should we objectify people's bodies constantly no definitely not um that make me be like i don't like how like the message that this is portraying Mm -hmm. and i don't like that it's like promoting which like you know all of culture does this but like promoting that all of a sudden, because Elle got boobs and a butt, that now all these boys want to date her and Noah wants to blah, blah, blah. Not that that's not, like, something that boys would do. Mm-hmm. But I just hate that it, like, solidifies in girls, young girls' brains that, like, you have to be hot to have worth. Right. Because Joey King has, like, a body for days. For sure. Like, I, I don't think she got a cute face, but... She she can sometimes when she tries. Um... I go back and forth on whether or not it's good. I enjoy it. My one concern is, are we romanticizing toxic relationships? For sure. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> um, how many... I mean, like, I feel like... Oh, they're all like that. Yeah, there's so many that do. I don't think Peter Kavinsky is toxic. But this is not him. This is not the To All the Boys I've Loved Before podcast, so... But oh, one we day... Should. <laughs> we will. Um, okay, I'm gonna go on, like, a... I have an ode I wrote, or whatever, some, whatever the dramatic, um, <laughs> and this is an ode to the kissing booth one or two? One. Okay. Um, I don't like throwing the word toxic around. I don't even know that I should call Noah toxic because he's just a teenage boy and he's learning, but he's not learning very quickly. And when he does learn, and we'll see this in two and three, when he does learn, he, he learns for a second and then he regresses. Um, and I'm just tired of us romanticizing hard relationships because I think it instills in us this want for these overly dramatic, draining, unhealthy relationships all because we want, like, cinematic stories to tell Mm great-grandchildren. And in reality, all we've done is screwed ourselves into a corner on the notion that, you know, no one writes songs about the ones that come easy. Mm. Like, if it's not... An earth-shatteringly difficult ordeal resulting in lives ruined and bloodshed. If two people coming together doesn't create some kind of destruction, despair, discord, disaster, then we don't think it's good enough. Mm -hmm. And movies like this kind of perpetuate this in the minds of a young adult audience. Mm -hmm. So it's enjoyable, yeah, but it might also be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, 
That's Sadie drinking Sorry, water. Sorry, Sadie's drinking some water right now. And, and that concludes our discussion on the Kissing Booth 1. How long did that last? 36 minutes. Oh, hey, we might be all right. Yeah, moving on. Kissing Booth 2. Okay, let me get ready for my recap of the Kissing Booth 2. Elle continues to struggle with her confidence in her relationship with Noah, the rules in her weird friendship with Lee, and her complete lack of communication skills. She also enters a Dance Dance Mania competition to win money for school. There's a question mark there because I'm not totally sure that that's why she really wanted it, but that's not the point. Um, the problem? Her dance partner is super hot and super into her, and maybe she's into him too. There's a whole lot of drama and very little kissing booth in this sequel released at the height of quarantine in 2020. Um, the sequel introduces us to Chloe, played by Maisie Richardson Sellers, who is breathtakingly gorgeous, mm -hmm. and to Marco, played by King of My Heart, Taylor Zakhar Perez. Who is also breathtakingly gorgeous. Breathtakingly gorgeous. <laughs> so this movie picks up exactly where it left off. Elle narrates us a recap of her summer spent with Lee and Noah. Noah leaves for Harvard, and Elle is trying to be a grown-up and give him space. But he doesn't want space. Unbeknownst to Elle, he actually, he's actually really having a hard time adjusting to college and being so far away. And he misses Elle. So he asks her to be more intentional. Intentionable? Mm, not a thing. Ugh, intentional about communicating with him. She says okay and proceeds to do the opposite. Back at high school, rumors are flying that she and Noah are breaking up because long distance is hard. And this makes her retreat further into herself and ruin Lee and Rachel's relationship by third-wheeling all the time. Rachel clearly sees an issue with this because she's the smartest, best character here. <laughs> but Lee is unhelpfully codependent on Elle and refuses to talk to Elle about maybe giving them some healthy space. Oh, also towards the beginning, Elle explains to us one of her and Lee's rules is to go to UC Berkeley together because their moms went and met there. Whew. We're not even into the first ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> Noah finally gets acclimated to school and gets some friends, thanks to British supermodel classmate Chloe, who Elle is immediately intimidated by. And I honestly can't blame her. This intimidation sparks a series of questionable decisions. Also somewhere in there, Elle and Lee promised the student council another kissing booth with even better kissers than last year. Meanwhile, there's a new kid at school, and apparently he's the hottest guy to ever walk Earth, and I can confirm that this is true. Elle and Lee decide they have to find him and convince him to be in their kissing booth. Later, while in the office, some alt chick shows Elle a video of the new guy working out. Elle accidentally and unknowingly turns the intercom on and continues on a very inappropriate monologue about how fine he is. At one point, she's talking about his butt and says that she doesn't know if she should lick it, bite it, smack it, or do all three. She also... She... Mm, oh, she asks nameless alt chick who this kid is. We find out it's Marco. Lee rushes in and turns the intercom off, but it's too late. The damage is done. Marco comes up to her later and sort of innocently flirts with her. We then have a scene of a senior field day where Elle and Marco are opposing team captains and the sexual tension is palpable. Noah encourages Elle to apply to other schools. Schools like Harvard. She thinks about it, but knows they don't have the money for out-of-state school. The next day, she sees a flyer for a DDM competition with a cash prize that will def cover school. She thinks she and Lee can win, so she enters them. But, like, this furthers the strain on Lee's relationship with Rachel, to the point where he stands up, stands Rachel up for a date. For the first 20 minutes, Lee and... Huh? Oh! 
For the first 20 minutes in the recap, this is going to be so fun for us to edit. <laughs> for the first 20 minutes, Lee and Elle's high score on the DDM machine keeps getting broken by someone calling themselves MVP. Marco, who plays guitar and sings in Spanish on the street, and who Elle thinks is a pompous jerk, comes to the arcade. Elle and Lee try to convince him to do the kissing booth since he's the big ticket dude everyone wants this year. But he says no, and honestly, who wouldn't? That thing's weird. <laughs> he finally bets Elle that if she can beat him at an arcade game, he'll do it. Elle attempts to swindle him by pretending to suck at the DDM machine. They play that one, thinking she's hustled him just for him to be fantastic at it. We find out his name is Marco Valentin Pena, MVP. He gives Elle a run for her money, but she beats him by, like, a point. So he's doing the kissing booth. <sighs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> There's still so much. Noah pays for Elle to come visit him at Harvard, which is very sweet. They have an adorable date, and my confidence in them as a couple skyrockets. But the next night, Noah takes Elle to meet his friends, one of which is beautiful Chloe. Noah, according to my research, doesn't introduce Chloe and Elle, and apparently that made the internet very mad. Mm -hmm. But, like, I watched the scene, and he didn't really have a chance to before Chloe introduces herself, and I also sometimes forget to introduce people, so I'm not holding it against him. Proud of you. Thank you. Chloe is clearly an exotic Amazon supermodel, and Elle is intimidated. The next day, she has her Harvard interview where the admissions counselor advises her that they want to know the real her, not the polished interview version of her. She seems to take this to heart as she leaves. Later, as she packs to head back home, Chloe sends Noah a text that might be friendly but might be flirty, and then she finds an earring under Noah's bed. Instead of talking to him about it like an adult, she gets upset and leaves to go back home which is not great communication, but I honestly can't say I wouldn't do the same. As a high schooler, not now. Later, Elle asks him about it, and he says he has no idea what she's talking about or how it got there. He is telling the truth, but she doesn't find comfort in it. Elle comes home, and her and Lee are practicing for the DDM competition. But he falls and hurts his ankle, taking him out of the competition. We later find out this was all a ploy to get out of spending time with Elle so he and Rachel could have alone time. Lee convinces Marco to take his spot as a favor to Elle. Marco is hesitant at first, but relents. Marco and Elle butt heads in practice because she's all about step accuracy and he's all about flair. But once he sees and understands how important winning is to her, he buckles down and commits. He even prints the step pattern so he can study him. It's V-sweet. They get really close and she confides in him a lot about her problems and insecurities with Noah. Elle and Marco are clearly catching feelings for each other at one point. Elle refers to winning the competition as her moonshot, meaning something you want to happen, though you know it isn't likely to. Marco starts to see Elle as his moonshot. <sighs> Still only halfway through. <laughs> There's a Halloween dance where Elle, Elle, Rachel, and Lee were supposed to go as a s'more, but change costumes at the last minute. Elle and Lee come as Ghostbusters, but no one told Rachel about the change, so she comes as a marshmallow and is mortified. Rightfully so. Marco does some more sexy singing at the dance and then very romantically dances with Elle while the school whispers about her moving on from Noah. She overhears and feels guilty and leaves Marco on the dance floor. She and Lee proceed to do a weird routine on the dance floor in such a way that no one else can actually dance and Rachel looks miserable. Elle attempts to talk to her, but she screams at her about not having any space and not wanting to be a marshmallow. Lee proceeds to ghost his best friend Elle to spend time with Rachel, which is super not healthy. Nope. Noah isn't responding to Elle when she texts, and Elle isn't responding to Noah when he texts. She finally calls him, but his roommate answers and tells her that Noah is at a concert with Chloe. We get a big montage of Lee and Rachel hanging out and ignoring Elle. Elle and Noah having continuous communication issues. 
Noah and Chloe hanging out alone without their other friends, and then Marco and Elle practicing, and also hanging out and getting close. Really close. At one point, they're sitting and their knees touch, and this is significant because the camera focuses on it. <laughs> the montage ends with Elle sitting alone at lunch, looking sad and miserable and lonely. Marco sits down in front of her and says she looks like she could use company. Elle finally talks to Noah on the phone and asks about the concert. When she asks who he went with, he lies and says some of the guys, and Elle is devastated. Later, she stalks Chloe's Instagram and sees a photo of her where she is wearing the earrings she found under Noah's bed. Elle is crushed. She cries in class. Later that night, her and Marco are having one last practice before the competition. He tells her to just let go and have fun. She has this mental montage after, and she's hearing the Harvard counselor's voice. And right when we hear the counselor saying, we're more interested in knowing who you really are, she sees Marco's beautiful face in her mind, and it's the thought of him that allows her to free herself of the sad and be passionate about this DDM machine and be happy for, like, the first time since at least Halloween. Hmm. She talks to Noah on the phone, and he wishes her luck on the competition and that he wishes he could be there, but he would have to wait to see her till Thanksgiving. But surprise, he does come to the competition. She and Marco dance. They crush it. At the end, she kisses Marco as Noah watches on, just shocked and so hurt. Her and Marco win, but Noah walks out. She chases after him and refuses to talk to Marco about what just happened. Jeez, oh, okay. Thanksgiving comes and everyone is mad at her. Rachel's mad because she thinks Lee told Elle to back off and she wouldn't. But Lee never actually talked to Elle. Lee's mad at her because he found out she applied to Harvard. Noah's mad at her because she cheated on him. So he brings Chloe to Thanksgiving and flirts with her in front of Elle, her family, his family, and the mashed potatoes. Rachel confronts Elle about not backing off when Lee asked her to, and Elle reveals that Lee never asked her to. Rachel is appalled that she was mean to Elle for no reason and leaves in shame, breaking up with Lee in the process. Good for her. After Noah laments that he's thankful for his family, Chloe, and his bike, but not Elle, Elle reveals that she found Chloe's earring under Noah's bed and gives the earring back to Chloe. Chloe and Noah have an oh crap face on, and Elle, in tears, says she's thankful she didn't rearrange her life for someone. But Noah says it looks to him like he are, she already did, alluding to her moving on from him with Marco. Elle storms out. We're almost done. <laughs> Elle finds Lee and talks to him. They break the wishbone together, which is another one of their weird rules. Elle gets whichever end makes you wi your wish... What are words? Elle gets whichever end makes your wish come true and wishes for Rachel and Lee to get back together. Elle proceeds to ghost and ignore Marco while Noah ghosts and ignores Elle. The homecoming game happens. After Thanksgiving, which is a really weird school football schedule, but whatever... Lee is crowned homecoming king because Rachel nominated him. She stares on from the bleachers and they make sad eye contact. After the game, Noah and Marco cross paths and Marco antagonizes Noah by telling him to wish Lee a congrats on being king. This pisses Noah right off and Noah <laughs> almost punches him, but Chloe, who's still in town for whatever reason, talks Noah down. Noah and Chloe leave together. And Elle, who saw the whole thing, is stressed and runs away while Marco runs after her. The kissing booth is shoehorned in in the last, like, ten minutes of this movie. Lee and Rachel get back together thanks to that great group of classmates who deserve their own spinoff. Marco shows up at the kissing booth because it's the only way to get Elle to talk to him. She tells him she has feelings for him, but, like, Noah's the one, dude. And she runs off to chase Noah through the airport. But Noah left the airport to chase Elle down at the carnival. They end up meeting at their 16-going-on-17 gazebo and kiss. <laughs> Elle tells Noah he's the one for her. We flash forward to graduation. Someone tells Marco L isn't worth it, and he's a thousand percent right, but Marco disagrees. 
the movie ends. Finally. Oh, and we also found out that Elle got into both Harvard and UC oh, yeah. Berkeley, setting up us up for our third one where she has to choose schools. Correct. Okay, friend, give us your thoughts. Okay, to start with, this movie is two hours and 15 minutes long, it's and so that long. is excessive. All those deep breaths I took, that was because there's too much movie. Okay, um, honestly, I think that her wig in this one, a lot of it, mm-mm. sometimes I think it's better than her hair in the first one. The first one's her real hair. Right. Which she apparently never brushed in that movie. Right. Yeah. There are times where the wig's good in there, but when it's not good, it's bad. It's, it's good in the, like, oh, her hair looks, like, healthy way. <laughs> not in the, like, you can tell that that doesn't quite sit on her, that that's not growing out of her head way. You right. Know? Um, Noah's haircut is excellent. Oh, yeah. So much better. Elle was so weird. Like, in the beginning of the movie, how she just, like, wouldn't talk to him because she just assumed that they would break up. But, like, no one ever said that because these kids suck at communicating. Like, he wants to talk to you and stay together and make this work. So, like, stop self-sabotaging. I'll get into it. I know there's emotions and no, reasons. No, no, no. No, but, no, You're fine. But that was annoying to me. It was just, like, why are you well, sometimes doing this? writing these movies, they make these characters do things just for the sake of having conflict. Right. When it's not something the character... It's not character-driven. Yes. Yes. So I think that's the problem with a lot of things in this movie. Um, Sadie won't stop licking her feet, and so we're trying to stop it because the licking is annoying. But it's not, it's working. not working. Um, okay. Concerning to me that she, like, had never even thought, like, maybe I'll apply to the school that my boyfriend goes to. I get the money aspect of it, but she acted like it had never even occurred to her. Well, but the school he goes to is Harvard. Like, I wouldn't have applied to Harvard. Yeah, but I might would have just for the, like... Just for the kicks and the giggles? Just for the, like, I wonder what would happen. I've never seen that girl take an ACT, so I need to know how <laughs> she got into these schools. Um, okay. Oh, gosh. The, the whole intercom moment... It stresses me oh, out. Oh, gosh. It gives me such anxiety. Marco is beautiful. He's so pretty. But unfortunately, you pointed out to me about how his stop. eyes... Stop! <laughs> I'm going to stop pointing things out to you. His eyes are kind of far apart and turned they're down. They're not far apart. They just turned down. The they turned down a little bit but and they're a little far apart. And eyelashes. Okay. And his cricket head, which... Don't you dare talk about my husband's cricket head. Uh, you're the one who came up with the cricket head <laughs> phrase, friend, for him. I was going to call him a praying mantis head. <laughs> But you went with cricket head. Um, okay. Um, okay, I want to go. Can we find a place and do that um, DDM that's actually DDR? Yeah. It, it looks really fun. I had one of those little mats that you do in your house when I was a kid. I did too, I but I didn't have ones. anything to connect it to, so it was just the mat. Oh, that's not fun. It was fun to me. Okay, well, okay, good. You. I was a weird kid. Okay. Um,. Oh, Sadie just gagged. I'm so sorry. No, that was me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thinking about Noah. Okay. I love the whole entire Boston montage. Annoyed um, that she was like, yeah, I'm going to hold on to Noah. But it was not because of like, because I love Noah and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It swings. She... Yes. And it's like, because there's a threat, is what, like, mm-hmm. in Chloe, like, not an actual threat, but in her brain a threat by Chloe. Yeah. 
is why she's, like, gonna hold on to him. Not because, like, I love him so much and he's so great and blah, blah, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, I love the part, um, when he, when she says, um, I love this city and he says, I love this girl Mm -hmm. and his cute little face. Ugh, I love him. Um... The effortless okay. way he picks her up. Oh my gosh. Like, Kill me. Jeez. Okay. Um, I will never experience that. Um, okay, so I think Marco's face looks better to me with Scruff. We don't see this in the movie. But like on in his, on his Instagram, on TCP's Instagram. TCP. <laughs> he never looks bad to me ever. Except with his blonde hair he currently has. Yeah, that's like, not whatever, good. it's fine. But I think when he has like some facial hair, it makes his head look less crickety. Okay. Okay. Um, it's beautiful to me. Nobody can change my life. Poor Rachel. That's just all. I know. Rachel deserves so much better. That's just all I got to say. Um, okay, like, the earring under the bed is definitely concerning. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't understand why Elle, who is best friends with Lee, um, and is now hanging out with Marco just as much, probably, as Noah is hanging out with Chloe. Mm-hmm. Like... And they are one-on-one. And Noah and Chloe, I would think, a lot of the time, because they're in college, and because of how we've seen them with all of his other guy friends and how she's, like, one of the boys, are probably in a group. And she and Marco are, like, one-on-one. And she and Lee are, like, one-on-one. Anyway, I just, like, I don't think that she, in terms, if we're taking, like, her feelings of jealousy and insecurity out of it, Mm -hmm. and we're just looking at, like, the heterosexual friendships mm-hmm. uh, she can't get mad at him because she literally does the same thing she shouldn't get mad at him because she's doing the same thing but i think there's something to be said like if these were real people and we were talking about them mm-hmm. you know i would likely point out that maybe she's projecting some guilt oh yeah no I, that's what i said i'm oh wait guilt she's like because she's hanging out with marco oh, and oh, oh feelings oh. okay for him okay yes if Noah's hanging out with a girl. Okay. He has to be catching feelings for her, Okay, too. okay. I was going to say, I mean, I know that she is, like, self-conscious probably and insecure and mm-hmm. whatever because Noah was, like, a player in the past and because Chloe is stunning, mm-hmm. like, I get her not being okay with their yeah. friendship from I, that point of view. I don't think but. she's right not to. Because she's, the whole thing she's worried about Noah doing is the thing she ends up doing. <laughs> Which is catching feelings for someone new. And so... And proceeding to kiss them. Yeah. I don't think Elle is innocent, but I think that that is a realistic thing for a high school girl to have done. For sure, and I don't like it. I don't like it, but I don't... I, I, I think it's... There's some sympathy in there for it, I think. Meh. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I, like, get that he has a past, but, like, she's the one who was, like, essentially made him believe that he could change. Right. But if she's intimidated, and she, I don't know. Let me think on that, and I'll, I'll address I'm, it. On I agree. Thing. I understand that she's intimidated. I'm taking that out. Like, putting aside that she's intimidated mm-hmm. and jealous and whatever. Mm-hmm. There are just so many arguments that I feel like I can make for, like, why she should not be acting like this. Oh, no, 100%. But I think if you take away the intimidation and the insecurity, you take away everything that chart You you don't have Elle anymore. You have a different character. Right, and I don't like Elle, so I think that's why I want yeah. to do this. That's okay. <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm, I, don't, I don't love her. Um, and that's like, 
what I feel like no things that Noah could say back to her, you yeah. know, in in response. Um Oh, okay, wait. But like he says like I get that he has a past, but the whole thing was that she believes that he could change. Mm-hmm. And now she's not believing and he he has in a lot of ways. Does she just not believe it anymore because yeah. he's gone to Harvard, you yeah. know, and without her and like in this like around maybe it's a control around thing. a girl. She's yeah, maybe not around to monitor him. I don't know. I don't These think people need the, to go to therapy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't think the writing is you know what? Chloe, Marco, and Rachel are probably in therapy and that's why they're That's okay. why they're they're okay. <laughs> um okay. And then when she she straight up says like I assumed you would meet someone else and y'all and we would be over. But it was like did part of, I questioned like is that what you wanted to happen? Right. Or like if you had already like I can see being right, I can see being like so cuz I would do this. I would like tell myself that that was going to happen in like a self-preservation kind of way mm-hmm. so that when it did happen because be like ready. yes, I'd be ready and like not as hurt and blindsided. Right. But then with L it like the way I don't know. It just made me question, like, is that what you wanted to happen? Because that was, it's so, it's like that so affected the way that she acted for the entire movie. Right. Like, that concept in her brain. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. If I were Noah, I would probably question that, you know. Um, she does way worse to me than, maybe not way worse, but I think she's more to blame than Noah. In this one, In yes. this one. Um, by all this crap with Marco, especially kissing him. Um, I do think Marco was asking for it a little bit when he, like, walked up to Noah and said congratulations. I don't even remember what he, what was he congratulating him on? Lee won homecoming king, and he walked by and he said, tell your brother I said congrats. Okay, yeah. Mm. I think he was antagonizing him for sure, Mm -hmm. but I think he recognized that it was wrong and regretted it immediately after. Partly probably because he was like, oh dang, this dude is tall. I think Marco, I mean, he's tall. (laughs) But I think Marco's scrappy. Okay. Sure. Also, let's... This... I've made a mental pin in my head to come back to this. So, like, yeah. Jacob Alordi is, like, 6'5". Taylor Zakar Perez is either 6'1 or 6'2". Yeah. Which is above average for a man. Right. So, in America. I don't... They grow them different in Australia. But (laughs) the fact that he looks so teeny... In, like, standing in front of Noah is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I still, I feel like Marco could, he may not have won, but he, he I do. Th- I mean, I think it would have been, yeah. I do, I do too. Um, proud, proud of Noah for not beating him up. They made it look like he was going to. Yeah. But I think they were attempting to show growth. They were not. attempting to show growth, but then they focused too much on Chloe being the one to talk him uh-huh, down. Uh-huh, I didn't love that. Which, I don't know why they did that. I don't either. Um, okay, so then... I, well, you know, at the end... when Oh, wait, hold on. I almost forgot my favorite couple in this whole movie. Is it Miles and Ollie? Yes! I love Miles and Ollie. Love them, and I love how supportive the school the is. The whole school! And, like, Tuppen is like, yeah, you know, like... The first ones to, like, congratulate them are the jocks. Yes, and I, I loved, loved that. that. Me too, me too. That was so sweet. I love Tuppen. Tuppen needs a spinoff. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, love that. Okay. Um, sweet Noah, when he was talking about how he was embarrassed because he wasn't doing good at school. I know. But also, I was like, there's no way you would have gotten into Harvard, buddy. No, not like, with discipline problems. No, discipline problems, like, probably not good grades, like, just because he was a swimmer. Which, like, was maybe... I thought he was on a football team. Oh, I thought it was swimming. I think Marco's a swimmer. Oh, okay. I know Taylor Zakar Perez was, like, a nationally ranked Taylor's swimmer. Naked. I don't know if Oh, I'm... you know what I'm thinking about? Paxton. <laughs> we should talk about Never Have I Ever. Oh my next gosh. Too. Okay, yes. Everybody should watch Never Have I Ever. I was thinking about Paxton Hall Yoshida or whatever well, his name Paxton is. Paxton Hall Yoshida. Um, he's a swimmer. No, plays football. Um, anyways, um, glad they finally communicate at the end, but like, dang, it took us a long time to get there and it was painful. Yeah. And then it wasn't really, <sighs> it wasn't really communication at the end. Not. They, they at least finally said, like, I was embarrassed about this, and I was yeah. trying to no, not No, Noah does blah. great communication at the end. Okay. Elle does not. What's she do? Nothing. She's just like, you're the one. Oh, okay. And we don't know why. We spent the whole movie being told the opposite. <laughs> and then he's like, I just need you to tell me one thing. Do you have feelings for him? She just told Marco she has feelings for him. Right. And Noah, she tells Noah, No. Hear me when I say this. It's always you. And I was like, but but that's not what you said. Mm-mm. Or showed me. Mm-mm. This whole two hours. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay, that's my thoughts. Okay, well, here are mine. This is my favorite movie in the franchise, but it's probably only because of TZP. Taylor Zakar Perez. The second your beautiful dark hair grows back and that bleach blonde is gone... You can slide into my DMs. You can electric slide into my DMs. You can cha-cha slide into my DMs. I have never meant this more. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. It's just a picture of his face on a PowerPoint. Um, This feels more like a typical teen rom-com in writing, but listen, the writing of all the characters, but for me, Noah, is so bad. They completely dropped his violent, possessive, lifetime movie boyfriend characterization from the first one, which is fantastic. But then they introduce Marco, and in doing so, they write Noah kind of shady, like when he lies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's It's like the writers themselves couldn't decide if they wanted us to like Noah or not. One second he's doing something cute and perfect, and the next he's being shady, to the point where if you're comparing Noah and Marka... Marka? Marka. <laughs> not okay. Noah and Marka. <laughs> if you're comparing just Noah and Marco, and not accounting for Elle's decisions at all, you really have no choice but to be Team Marco. Which brings me to Elle's decision-making. I don't hate Elle... Her actions in the first one are questionable at times, and in the third, they're abhorrent. But I feel like her actions in this one make sense, or at least I can sympathize with them. Not counting, you know, giving Noah space at the beginning, that was dumb. But, I mean, it's also just bad writing to create conflict. Most of her actions are a result of being intimidated by Chloe, which I totally get. And Noah, again, just in the interest of pushing the plot along, doesn't really do anything to reassure her. However, her back and forth with the Noah versus Marco and her general demeanor is so frustrating. So frustrating. She should have communicated better with Noah if he was so important to her, and she definitely shouldn't have done Marco the way she did him. Uh, 
Um, I don't know. Sometimes the wigs are good. Sometimes they're not. Um, also, does she want to go to Berkeley because of Lee and their friendship rules or because of her mom? Like, I feel like I don't like the idea of her picking a school based solely on a dude. But if it was purely driven by, like, wanting to go there because her mom went there, I would have liked to see that angle of the story. Um... I think they did a really good job of showing Noah's hard adjustment to a new campus and him struggling with adjusting to school. I just wish they had fleshed it out more so that he could be more sympathetic to us throughout the movie. The montage of Marco working out is my favorite piece of cinema ever, but I need to know who to who was in the gym, like zooming in on his abs and zooming in on his butt, and I wish I had that job. That's all. Uh, when they're going back and forth about the rules, when it's like her, Rachel, and Lee at the, um, at the pier, if I were Rachel, I would have just left and found Marco and ended the movie right there. They both deserve better. Uh, Marco singing in Spanish on the street with his guitar was giving me mad Naveen vibes, which is why I fantasy casted him as Naveen in our Disney Prince episode. Uh, oh, the reveal that Marco's MVP is expected, but also super well done to me. Like, I really liked how they played that out. And the whole chunk between, um, Noah picking Elle up at the airport for their Boston date montage was super, super cute. Which is why it's so ridiculous for them to just assassinate Noah's character development in the rest of the movie. Noah kisses Chloe on the cheek like a husband would kiss his wife. I'm just saying. Noah looks like he's in love with Chloe, so I don't blame Elle for being super intimidated. Um, and honestly, I would have liked for Chloe and Nell to... Nell? <laughs> Chloe and Noah to end up together. They had really good chemistry. I also want to comment on Joel Courtney's comedic timing because it's really good. Uh, they really had the potential for Elle and Marco to end up together and have Lost in the Wild by Walk the Moon um, be their cute little love theme and they dropped the ball. I love that song so much. And I'm just going to share some important lyrics from it that I think they could have used to, like, shape the movie better. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning when he says, Flashes of the night come rushing in and a stampede of misbehaviors. Just a sophomore running my mouth. I really thought that I could save us. And later he says, Brush the ashes off your shoulders. Let's get lost in the wild. And then even later he says, Trying to find a starting line. Don't look over your shoulders. Let's get lost in the wild. And then I'm tracking you into the city under the pressure of the traffic lights. I'm chasing the clues you left me that you might still join me in the wild. So to me, this does a really good job of telling how Elle and Noah misbehaved with Marco and Chloe respectfully, but they should have let the relationship run its course and burn out, i.e. brush the ashes off your shoulders and move on. They should have pursued these new relationships that are tailored to them. And then specifically from Marco's point of view, I think he thought he could save the budding relationship by being there for Elle. And ultimately, it wasn't enough. But he spends this movie in the next chasing these tiny little breadcrumb clues she gives that he has a chance. This really could have been a great overarching theme song for the two sequels. And again, the ball was dropped. Um, the scene with Ellen Marco on the beach. He's, he's so hot and so emotionally supportive and so sure of her. And his line delivery and face acting was so good there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, pro tip, even if you are that hot, don't start randomly playing your guitar and humming at me. I would be so embarrassed. Like, yep. Larbeth was texting me because she was watching it, too. And she was like, bro, if he had done that to me, I would have left. 
Yes. And I was like, me too, but also I probably would have come back. <laughs> um, I hate that scene where Noah lies to her about going to the concert to Chloe, but I've already talked about that a bunch of times. That Halloween dance looked fun AF. Mm-hmm. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I wish Marco had sung in Kissing Booth 3. Uh, oh, and then her and Marco slow dancing was so cute. I wish, I really wish they had ended up together. She looked so happy and safe and at peace in his arms, and his jawline looked so sharp. And it makes me wonder, like, did Joey think Elle and Marco were supposed to end up together? Because her performance is very Mm pro-Marco. And it could be because she dated Jacob Elordi and they didn't work out. Right. I would have done the same. Uh, the Build Me Up Buttercup montage with, um... Noah and Chloe continuing to act like a married couple, and Marco being the only person being nice to Elle. Her best friend leaves her and makes her sit at lunch alone, and the only person who comes and sits with her is Marco. And he doesn't hit on her, he just knows she's lonely. And I think this is where the bulk of my allegiance to Marco comes in. Because if we're putting ourselves in Elle's shoes and not just being the audience or the viewer or whatever, we see her getting close to Marco. We see Marco being kind to her and being there for her. And, you know, printing out the step patterns to the song and just going over and above for her. And it would be hard not to have feelings for him. Like, it would be hard for me to Mm. not have feelings for him. Like, in high school, if my boyfriend was doing, you know, God knows what, and I had suspicions that he had fallen for someone else, and that I had caught him lying to me at least once, and then I'm spending all my time with a guy who's really just lassoing the moon for me, yeah, I'd I'd call it quits on guy number one. Mm -hmm. But, like we said... I mean, Elle's not innocent. I'm just putting myself into the movie. Um, When they finish practicing and they're, like, breathing so hard on each other, I was like, this might as well have been a sex scene. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Anything else worth mentioning? I think the face acting on Manoah and on Marco in the scene where Elle kisses Marco and then runs out, both of them look so crushed. and They they both did so good. Mm -hmm. Um... I really loved Rachel's embarrassment when she realizes she was mean to Elle for no reason. I think it shows how great of a character Rachel is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let me tell you right now, when she storms out and her dad is sitting there and is like, Elle, where are you going? That's not a loyal dad. My dad would have been halfway up, been like, both of y'all's sons suck, and y'all's turkey is dry, and your mashed potatoes are lumpy, and then he would have stormed out too. <laughs> My right. dad would not have sat there and finished dinner. Um, and I, I hate, I know you're, I know half the world is team Noah and I'm not necessarily mad that she picks Noah, but I'm so mad about how she does Marco. Yeah. I mean like Marco didn't do anything wrong. Marco no. didn't deserve this. No. Um, as many problems as this trilogy has, I commend it for being one of, if not the first movies I've seen where the whole school of popular kids and not popular kids, everyone's just so cool and kind and supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the Miles and Ollie storyline. I think it's so well done. I love it. It mm-hmm. makes me happy. Um, I talked about how her reasons for choosing Noah are dumb. Not dumb. Not given. They're not They're not explained to us. Mm-hmm. Um, like she says, it's Noah and it's been Noah, but like, why? That's not what you've been telling me this right. whole movie. Also, her essay at the end where she's like, I want to be my dad's some something and my little brother's something something and my best friend's laughter i feel like she should have wanted to be something of chloe and marco's too like chloe's grace and marco's patience for her bullcrap that would have been sweet but you know Elle's not that great so no 
Um, and then Marco saying that she's indeed worth it at the end should have set three up better, but as we'll see, they don't really follow through. And also, spoiler alert, baby boy, Elle is a thousand percent not worth it. <laughs> Joey King doesn't even think so. Like, I saw in an really? interview with her and Taylor Sakar Perez where she, like, looked at him. She's like, she ain't worth it, dude. And I was <laughs> like, you're right, Joey. That's funny. At least she knows. I know. Okay, friend, um... I feel like we know the answer to this, yeah. but which team are you on? <laughs> Noah, shocker. Okay, part of this is because, like, I am loyal, and, like, once I pick a team, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to change mm-hmm. my mind. If I, like... I think a lot of people are like You know, that. like, once I pick, I'm going to be loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, they made me like him in the first one, mm-hmm. so I'm going to stick with him. Um, again, Marion Blake. Blake always says that he's take-cornered. Like, once he decides... On a take, that's his take. Mm-hmm. Um, so, literally, even if Noah was like, yeah, I'm going to kill Elle, I'd be like, okay, boo, I support you. <laughs> she sucks anyway. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I am, um, like, I think Noah's cuter. Uh, I know, it's fine. Marco is, like, he's, Marco is prettier. Marco looks like Hispanic Noah. Look, look at them, this much of them. <laughs> okay, look I'm at... I'm covering up everything but eyes. I was going to say literally <laughs> one-fourth of their face. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I am also all about, and this is a theme for me in shows, movies, all kinds of things. Um, I love when people, like, have history. Mm-hmm. I love when it's like they have, like, known each other for a long time or knew each other at one point and then... Later, it's like a potential romantic That's thing. That's why you like those Hallmark movies. Yes. That's the main trope. Yes, we love that trope. Um, I love, like, I just love that. I always am drawn to those couples in shows and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole Boston date, I mean, so just cute. so cute. So cute. Um, and, like, though he was being shady, I do believe what he said at the end about trying to not make her feel more jealous. He's just a dumb 18-year-old. That is true. Who has never been in a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's his frontal lobe and dumb being no. made. So. And I think that's the problem. I mean, if the writers wanted us to stay Team Noah, that's fine. But don't make Noah kind of questionable and then make Marco so great. But, like, maybe that's... I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Nope. I agree. Did you have more after that? No. Okay. Well, I'm team for L be single and grow up. Right. But for me, an innocent person who projects herself into every movie she watches, team Marco all the way. But, does... Do we think L deserves either of these boys at this point? No. No. No, girl. I literally wrote LOL, no, girl. Um, and also, who's the best person in this movie? Wait, hold on. Wait, you had things, I just, baby. I had things. Sorry, I was trying to get Sadie to stop licking her feet. Um, okay, I said, absolutely not. I deserve Noah if he gets therapy, and you deserve Marco, period. Uh, mm, but yes. really, I think she's not cute. I think she's annoying and spazzy. And I think she was so weird about not talking to Noah um, in the beginning. Um, as I mentioned... I get that there were feelings and all of those things that led to her acting like she did, but it just doesn't quite line up with how she's acting, and I don't like that. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Everything else that I have written, I basically said when I was 
talking about how I feel. I'm talking about how I feel. I am fashion and uh, Okay, so who's the best person in the movie? Like, who, who's best? the one person who, like, yeah, I changed it to best. You who didn't tell me. Who did you put for worst? You L. Put L? Okay. I said L. See above. <laughs> did I not Per my previous email, L. Okay, well, who do you think's the best? I don't know. It's friend. Rachel. Oh, yeah, Rachel for sure. It's Rachel or Ollie and Miles or the entire senior class, but also bonus points to Chloe and Marco because they're good at it. Yes, so true. My bad. I forgot to tell you I changed it. That's okay. Whew, okay. Are you ready? Three. Yeah, my, my brief synopsis, like LOL at brief, is much shorter for Kissing Booth 3. And I'm just going to read it verbatim instead of you know, adding commentary into it. <laughs> okay. I can't honestly even tell y'all what the story... What? What's the plot? I can't honestly even tell y'all. This story is so convoluted and I'm so tired of the writing and the back and forth. Elle somehow managed to get into both Berkeley and Harvard and can't pick because it means picking between Lee and Noah. Marco shows back up and is still into Elle despite her treating him like garbage. Elle, Noah, Lee, and Rachel spend the summer at the Flynn's Beach House, which they're selling. Elle chooses Noah and Harvard, and to make it up to him, she promises Lee they can complete their childhood bucket list, which is a lot like the rule list, except that it's new. <laughs> Marco helps Elle and Lee with the bucket list when Noah wouldn't. The tension between Marco and Noah is there, and it's dumb, and it's also dangerous. Noah tries to do Marco bodily harm like two or three times. Marco does do Noah bodily harm, <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> Leading to a huge... Co- oh, that, that was the next point leading to a huge confrontation where Marco decks Noah and Elle yells at Marco, despite Noah kind of deserving it. Chloe comes to town and her and Noah act like the cutest couple despite not being one. Ultimately, everyone breaks up and leaves for college, but don't worry, there's a time jump. And they all get back together in the end, except Marco and Chloe disappear and are never seen or heard from again. Also in the time jump, we find out Elle actually ends up going to USC, another school she in no way could have actually gotten into. The movie ends with her and Noah riding off into the sunset, rekindling their relationship after not seeing each other for six years. That's all I've got for y'all <laughs> on three. I cannot <laughs> recap this whole thing for you. It mm. was dumb. Okay, listen. I'm listening. First of all, full disclosure, I was falling asleep during this movie. She literally was holding I her was, eyes open I mean, literally physically holding my eyes open at the end to try to stay awake. So there's that. But also, I want to say that at least of the, you know, two-hour movie, probably 50% of my commentary came from the last mm-hmm. five minutes. Oh, the time jump? Yes. Yep. All right. So um, I don't really have a lot to say about these people and these characters other than things that I've already said, except for that scene where Noah was leaning against the jukebox and he was like, time can I have this? Yes. And he said, can I have this dance? Like, sure. You sure can, you can sir. Whatever you want. He is so cute. But then Marco looked so sad. And then I was sad. Marco did look really good. There was one moment where I was like, whoa. Um, was but, it when his shirt blew open? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I I do not, what? Oh, oh, okay, I didn't like this. I don't remember who even was talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, like, people pass through your life and, like, they're only there for a time and, mm-hmm. like, that's when they were meant to be there and that's great and fine, but that doesn't mean they're going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I get that You don't like it because it's true or you don't like it because it's not true? No, I don't like it. I mean, like, I get that it's true, but I don't like that it's true. Oh, okay, agreed. Um, And if I, like think and focus on that too much, then I'm going to be, like, too worried about 
how long this person's gonna be my, in my life, you know, to like enjoy the relationship at the time. So I'm gonna pretend that that's not you a thing. Get rid of me. I'm a black mold. <laughs> I'm here forever. Okay. Um. Okay. So her, um, short freaking hair. I mean, like I know that's Joey King's, like in the time jump. In the time okay. jump. Yes. I know that's probably what Joey King's hair actually looks like because she had to shave her head for uh, what's that? The act. Yes. Where she played Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose. Yes. Um, I wish they had. Sty- I mean, I don't mind a pixie, but they could have styled that one better. Oh, her haircut was that of a nine-year-old boy. Yes, and it it could have been styled but better. I liked her makeup and thought that that was mm-hmm. face-wise the prettiest that I had seen her mm-hmm. in the entirety of this franchise. Um, I love. Like we said, it probably was like not intentional when they made the first movie, but I hope that this was intentional when they made the third I movie that he like turns around mm-hmm. because it was like, oh yeah, like we're broken up and like whatever, but then it was like him turning around. It was like, oh, there's hope, you mm-hmm. know, and I liked that. I think where the writers are not great, the director is fantastic, so I feel like he did that on purpose. Good job, sir. Um. Okay, that's it. That's all you got? Okay. <laughs> I told you I was half asleep. It's okay. Um, my notes literally start with, this was a mess, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. I feel like we were on a hamster wheel in terms of whether or not the story was moving. Mm. I feel like we did a, a lot of running, but never any moving. And right. by the end, I was just tired. Elle exhausted me. I could feel the pain of her being spread thin. This is something that I've been one like worried about as far as her, like, trying to accommodate Lee and trying to be with Noah and trying to keep her friendship with Marco and trying to be there for her family. Like I can sympathize with that feeling of being too spread thin because I can't say no to anyone, but it it got to a point where I'm like, just stand up for yourself, please. And she, when she finally did, I was like, you stood up to the wrong person. She was a (laughs) butthole. (laughs) Couldn't give a better word. Filter, filter. All mad at me. (laughs) But She's awful to her dad's new girlfriend and is in turn awful to her dad. And it's like, I just don't like you anymore, Elle. Mm-mm. I have defended you for two movies and I can't anymore. Um, so I was just annoyed with her. I think the writers still couldn't decide if they wanted to be Team Noah or Team Marco. They made a very good point of showing Marco being increasingly supportive and there for her. But then they would turn around and make him sneaky and dismissive, which mm. he was not. That's not true to his character from the second one. Yep. Um... So that felt very out of character. That being said, I was not at all mad that he punched Noah. At that at that point in time, this was the only thing Noah did that really made me mad. Like, there were things that I kind of rolled my eyes at, and I was like, Noah, you got to do better. Mm-hmm. But when he, he nails Marco in the face <laughs> with that volleyball on purpose, mm-hmm. first off, don't ruin that man's face. <laughs> Second, after Marco calls him out on it, also, keep in mind, Noah tried to kill Marco earlier in the go-kart scene. He straight up could have killed my boy. Okay? Okay. <laughs> and when Marco calls him out on it, Noah yells to the entire beach about Marco and Elle having feelings for each other, and he embarrasses Marco and Elle. Mm-hmm. So when Marco punches him to shut him up, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I think Noah, he was showing straight up sociopathic tendencies by embarrassing them in front of everyone. And I get that you're upset, but that's, like, not how we handle it. We've learned, we've spent three movies learning how to handle these things, and you're doing it wrong. Um, I literally, in my notes, say, he also purposefully nailed my baby in the face. <laughs> I, and then 
hit him with a beach chair. No cap. <laughs> I don't even know what no cap means for real. I think Larbeth told me it means you're not lying, so I trust Larbeth. <laughs> We're trying to sound cool. At any time, I'm like, I don't know what this means, Larbeth. What does this mean? Right. And she'll tell me. Um, Noah's again written very poorly. They took back all his character development, and they continued to show us that he's better suited for Chloe. Um, I don't, he still comes off a little manipulative and, like, guilt-trippy with Elle, and I don't like that. Um, and just the roller coaster of him doing, like, kind of crappy things or not being supportive and then turning around and being cute and mm-hmm. dancing with her to that jukebox. It's too much for me. I'm tired of the, I'm tired of it. But the school friends were a highlight of the first two movies, and they're severely underused here. For I sure. wanted more of them. Yeah. I miss my OMG girls, and I miss Tuffin, and I miss Ollie and Miles. The only one I didn't miss was uh, that boy who yells yearbook all the time. Um, I spent a lot of time wondering where Marco was, and I was mad they relegated him to approximately 15 minutes of footage. Yes. And then dismissed him as a simple plot device when he was such a large part of the second movie and a big part of the conflict here. I also hated when she yelled at him after he punched Noah. Like, Elle, you're to blame. And don't yell at him. Mm-hmm. But that's great face acting once again from TZP. A lot of vulnerability. And I, I hate that scene, but I loved his performance. Rachel continued to be the best character, and I was not mad when she broke up with Lee. Um, let's see. I Like I said, I didn't like that she was choosing Harvard or Berkeley because of Noah or Lee. I wanted her to choose one for her. And if she was not going to do that, I would want her to choose Berkeley for her mom, not for Lee. Yeah. Um, I was glad her dad finally put her in her place. She is very selfish. Um, and I was glad he finally said so. Okay. There were two, two of my favorite scenes were when Lee paints over the, their heights on the wall, you know, where they had like written how tall they were. Yeah. Um, you know, earlier we saw him freak out and refuse to let Noah paint that doorway. Towards the end, once the movie's wrapping up, we see him paint it himself with tears in his eyes. And this performance from Joel Courtney gave me chills. You could tell he was remembering things and that nostalgic feeling as you're getting ready to let go. Something is so, so real. It's so relevant to the human condition, how we fight to hold on and fight to let go. And I thought that was fantastic. I also really, really liked the idea behind the multiple versions of them saying goodbye to each other. Yes, that leaves, was sweet. Yeah. When he leaves for college and hugs her and the camera pans out a little and behind her are all the younger versions of her also standing there with tears in their eyes. And then it cuts to his car and there's a bunch of him, like his younger versions in the car. Um, You know, I love that. I, and it's like no one thinks about this, but we're always carrying the past versions of ourselves And, you know, when you say goodbye to a person, you're saying goodbye to the present tense version of them, but you're also saying goodbye to the versions that walked through your high school with you or that played on the playground with you or, like, that drove in your car at night and just talked and, like, the endless summer versions. Like, you're saying goodbye to every version, and I think that was a really beautiful way to illustrate that. So, Mm -hmm. I I loved those two scenes. I think they were the highlights of the movies for me. Yeah. Um, Lastly, I have mixed feelings on the ending. First, she took Marco's lead and took a gap year, which once again shows him as an important to the plot. But after he says that, we never see him again, and he's not <laughs> mentioned, which is disrespectful. Um, also, she shouldn't have gotten into any of these schools, but especially not all of them. Correct. The time jump's fun, and I really, really like how Noah was written there. I wish they had been that considerate to him throughout the three movies, and I, I wish they had ended up with different people. 
I don't think that Landon Pig song, the falling in love at a coffee shop, I don't think it really fit the vibe of the movie for it to be like the last song. Yeah. But overall, it was fair. Probably my least favorite of the three, but I mean, I'll, I'll watch it again. Yeah. Okay, friend. Are these movies a consistent trilogy or do they become increasingly ridiculous? Um, I don't know if I would say ridiculous, mm -hmm. but I mean, I think at least in terms of how much I enjoy them and, um, plot consistency mm -hmm. and drive, I would say that they decrease Yeah, as they go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think they really knew, like, what each of them is about. And aside from having the same characters, they don't feel like the same characters right. from movie to movie. Yeah. I don't know. Did you think it was an ending, like a realistic ending? Hold on, let's talk about something to make sure I'm not dumb. Because, okay. again, friends, I was holding my eyeballs physically open to try to finish this movie. I know after he, I know he turns around, mm -hmm. and then, is that it, or do we see them together? They are riding motorcycles down, I guess, PCH. Yeah. And okay. it's, like, implied that they get back together. Okay. Part of me... Okay, I do think that they would have broken up mm -hmm. in real life. They should have. Yes, they should have. Um, do we get back together with these people in real life? Mm -mm. No. In rom-coms and Hallmark movies, we sure do. Yeah. Um, so, I like... I'm fine with that. And, like, I like, I like Noah. So, like, I'm fine with it. Part of me wishes that if that he had turned around and them had that very same like smile moment, mm -hmm. but then it just like have ended there and not done the motorcycle part, because mm -hmm. then it could have like implied that they were gonna get back together, and I would have thought that because he turned around this time and he did not turn around at the airport, I would have assumed okay they're yeah. gonna they're gonna get back together. But you could have also taken it as, like, a smile of, like, you'll always mean so much to me and I care so much about you and look fondly on our time together and, like, isn't this so funny that, like, yeah. we're here right now and whatever. Right. You know? I think you could have taken it that way if it had not shown them riding right. motorcycles. I would not have taken it that way. So I would it would have, have been an ending for everyone, basically. Yes. Yes. That's how I would have done it. <sighs> okay. Yep. Um, I appreciate the idea of leaving and coming back. And I'm not one of those who needs a completely realistic ending. I want characters to be happy. I mean, it isn't realistic for Lee and Rachel to end up together, but I'm glad that they do. I don't really like Ella and Noah not seeing each other for six years. I feel like they would have. And I really don't think it's realistic or good storytelling for Noah and Elle to end up together. But, um, oh, I'm, I'm ready to talk to the children again right now. And by children, I mean anyone, everyone. What are you um, talking about? I'm I'm gonna teach everybody a lesson. Oh okay. Okay. Oh, you mean the the adolescents? Yes, and you know some maybe some people who are older than us. Just everyone. Okay. Um, you're gonna impart some wisdom. Yes, I am. It is okay not to end up with your high school sweetheart. <laughs> I think we've latched onto this idea that high school should have your first great big love and that it should carry with you all into your future. Y'all don't. <laughs> If that's your story, that's my parents' story. Like, I'm so happy for you. But right. that's so 
rare. Yeah. You learn and you grow so, so much. So much. And oftentimes you outgrow that relationship or you find someone better suited for you. And truly you should. And it's okay. You know, like no one is the same person they were in high school. I know I'm not, thank God. Mm-hmm. And what served me well then would not sustain me at all now. And I just wish they could have shown that here. Like as garbage as this movie can be, they had the opportunity to be kind of revolutionary and be one of the few movies and one of the very few teen romantic comedies where the leads break up and they don't get back together. They could have shown people that sometimes your first love isn't your big, great romance. And they almost had it, and they dropped the ball. This movie was dropping balls all over the place Mm -hmm. for me. Okay, friend. Did you rewrite your own ending, or were you pleased enough with this one? No, that was mine, what I said about... What you said was your ending? Yeah, how it would have ended with just the turnaround. So it would have been an ending for everyone. Are you ready for mine? Oh, gosh. I wrote this. It's so long. Friend. But after this, we're done. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, so hear me out. We still get the flash forward, but it's ten years later, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of six. And Elle and Lee are back in town for homecoming because they're the type of people who love school and they're classmates. And every year, everyone comes back and has like a little reunion and goes to the carnival and stuff. We see all the classmates because they deserve screen time. Mm -hmm. Everyone's still cool AF and nice. Lee and Rachel stay broken up through college, but we find out they got back together and got married after he spontaneously showed up at one of her design shows or something. He's an architect, and she's an interior designer. They work together, but, like, it's good for them. They're making up for lost time when Elle was (laughs) third-wheeling. Elle walks up to them and says hi. They kept in touch, and they see each other often, but this time it's been, like, maybe since last Christmas since they saw each other. We hear someone off-camera say, Hey, Shelly. It's Noah. They exchange not awkward eye contact. She smiles warmly and mentions that he she hasn't seen him since Thanksgiving because it's super unrealistic for their families to do as much together as they do and for her not to see him for six years. So true. Anyway, so she saw him at Thanksgiving but says she missed him at Christmas. He says he hates to miss it, but... And trails off. She laughs one of those tiny nose-blowing laughs and smiles and says, It's all cool. And she definitely understands. The OMG girls walk by. They all have little babies exactly like them on their hips. They walk past Cameron and say hi to our friends. Elle turns back to Noah and says, Congrats on baby number two. I saw Chloe's maternity pictures on Instagram. She looks great. Noah smiles one of those genuine big proud smiles and says thanks and that Chloe hates to miss this, but she can't really travel right now. This is also how we find out he's now a lawyer in New York. The attention turns back to Lee and Rachel. Noah tells Lee that he's so stoked to be an uncle. Rachel smiles and is like, speaking of, I'm craving churros. They <laughs> exit the scene hand in hand, presumably presumably, to go to one of the food trucks and get a churro. Now the air between Noah and Elle is kind of tense, but in a like, we have nothing in common anymore kind of way. And not in like a, ooh, we should get back together kind of way. <laughs> Elle looks at Noah and says, hey, I just want you to know. I'm really proud of you and also just so happy for you. And he says, me too. I'm glad it all worked out, Shelly. He looks at his watch. You can tell he has to go. Listen, he says, I hate to cut this short, but I have an early flight. Oh, no problem, she replies. I'll see you at Thanksgiving and hopefully Christmas this time. He chuckles, puts a hand on her shoulder and says, bye, Elle. He walks off. She watches him, but instead of looking hopeful, she looks content and at peace. Noah, she calls out. He turns around and raises his eyebrows at her. Don't be a stranger, she says. He chuckles once more. I have a feeling we'll see see you soon. Wedding's in December, right? Elle nods. Chloe and I will be there, he says. 
two tiny flames in tow. Elle smiles and nods. Noah turns and walks off. She watches him for a second, but he doesn't turn around. Elle, however, does. Someone is walking towards her. Softly, the beginning of Lost in the Wild starts to play. Marco's here. Hey, Moonshot, he says as he puts his arms around her shoulders. Elle reaches her left hand up to intertwine his, her fingers with his. On her ring finger sits a beautiful diamond engagement ring. Noah's coming to the wedding, Marco asks. Yeah, Elle says. I'm glad y'all finally talked things out. Me too, Marco says. Think about how differently things could have been if you hadn't taken that gap year and then gone to NYU. It's crazy to think this whole thing started because we ran into each other on the subway. No, Elle says dreamily as she stares off screen. The camera redirects as Lost in the Wild continues to build. The kissing booth comes into focus. It was before that, actually, she says. This all started with a kissing booth. The camera cuts back to Elle and Marco looking dreamily into each other's eyes. They kiss as the camera zooms out above them. Lost in the Wild continues to play as the credits roll. I just rewrote the whole ending. I was going to say, friend. <laughs> that was so, like, <laughs> so detailed. Wasn't it? I, like, was sitting and Were watching the Were you so table. proud? Yeah, I sent it to Larveth, and I was like, look at this. And she's like, oh, man, that's what they should have done. I mean, like, it's a great ending. Mm-hmm. I don't, like... Love it because of I'm not being team. I'm not team Marco. But if I was team Marco, I would love right, it. Right, right. I wrote it for me, right. not for you. Right. And so, like, but I'm just saying, like, no, just I acknowledge that it's like a great ending. Thank you. I wouldn't pick it just because I don't love Marco. But if I liked Marco, mm-hmm. I would love it. Don't we think Noah deserves better than L at this point? Uh, yeah, I guess. I just, I just want Chloe to have somebody. She'll be fine, probably. Oh, for sure. She'll <laughs> She's be great. stunning. Have you seen her? Okay, friends, that's it. I'm sure this is a three-hour-long episode. It's, it's at least at least an hour and a half. Oh, okay. That's our longest one to date. All right, well, we have nothing else to say. Next week, we're talking about books. Right? I don't even know anymore. Books. Just all the books. <laughs> just books. <laughs> Specifically, we're talking about books um, that we read in school. Okay. W in school. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening, friends. Bye.